so uh, somewhat better today. Not great, but uh, better. <laughs> I mean, I'm back and I listened to what I was telling you before, you know, before I got sick. Um, I don't want to forget again where I was at. I mean, it's already going to take so long for me to recap everything, and I just don't want to waste any more of your time. I mean, yeah, but really fast. Uh, guess what I just found? I mean, yesterday I was like dozing around in here. And it was awesome. I found some rechargeable batteries and a little battery charger. So, that's not the same brand of batteries as the recharger, but it's, they work. So, what you're running on now is a brand new pack of the batteries, too. So,. Yeah, I guess as long as I got a place where <coughs> a recorder, recorder, I've lost my mind. <laughs> uh, as long as I find a place that um, a generator is working, I guess you know works well.
you know, he had to have loved what he was doing. Yeah, he was the boss. He was everything over the last stand of mankind in the world. So you know he had to take some sort of fucking pride in his title. Some some sort of pride at least. So it what was I saying? I, I'm just uh, So we follow the main highways as much as we could Boss ahead of us, powering us on, making our way through, making our way through for the rest of us. And when we came to ramps, or crossroads, or intersections, anything like that, the mothership would just stop. We would, you know, we actually call it a landing. We'd make a landing, but pretty much all it was is we stake claim and camped out. Everyone camped one day. And uh, the boss and his men for that one day would look over the local maps. Because, I mean, we had maps for the states and we had atlases and shit. So they'd look over everything and see what areas could be looted, what areas, you know. Because, I mean, we needed more supplies. And the main point was what areas could have pockets of survivors. That was, I boss was really content on finding the survivors. And then the next day, each of the smaller groups, you know, like the renegades, you know, we'd have big meals and boss would say a few words over it and tell us how we were going to make it and give those damn rotten fucks what's coming for them, shit like that. But it was weird, you know, I mean, I was excited. It was, I, did, I went out on maybe 20, 30, 40 runs before before the five-day battle. And always would occur to me whenever he was giving me these speeches that he must feel I don't know, I felt sad for them. For Boss. He had all these friends. I mean literally probably all the friends in the world he could ask for at this time and I felt deep down he had to feel so lonely. Because uh I mean from what I was told he was the only person who was in the convoy that was half black and half white. And everybody knows that even before any of this happened, that was a, you know, unusual place to be in because you had problems from both sides of the races that you came from. And for some reason, I mean, I just felt like you had to deal with the racist shit from the real southern people because there was this old man not too long after I got in he said well if he was full black I would just get I uh, would have told him to leave me you know shit like that and then there's not really many black people and they you know on the mothership but you know they 
heard one woman make a comment about how she feels that it was wrong. It's wrong, you know, of him to act like he has so much power. I don't know. It, she's crazy. They're crazy. They're all crazy. But deep down, it just makes me feel bad for him. You know, I mean, I don't not feel bad for him. Just feel like he's lonely. Feel like maybe somewhere in the back of his mind, he's lonely. Again, I you know, I felt alone. Plenty of times when I didn't have Sandy, I just wanted to know. If, I just okay, I just feel alone, and I just want someone else to feel alone with me. I guess I don't know. So I'm looking for any reason, anybody, I could possibly say is alone. <coughs> Anyways, he would. Then after his speech, make sure that all of the teams had uh, a full staff, weapons, foods. Uh, the goal was to go out for five days, and okay, so it'd be like it would be ten days altogether. So it'd be go out to your destination, take five days to get to your destination, and then take five days back. It was hard. Uh, but it, you know, sometimes I felt like I was doing my part. Like one time we found this nest of people, and there was this one guy a little bit away from everybody. He was like off to the side of the shed, and the rest of our team was looking at getting the people in the house cleared out, you know, and getting everything cleared so we can get them out. And I saw this man over by the shed. And there... There had been maybe about ten of them pushing him back. And he was on... Uh, had an empty 12-gauge fighting with it. I mean, he was taking the butt of the gun and just bashing at him. And no one else saw him. Uh, but I did. And I saved his life. The first, first person I think I saved... And, well, knew that I saved. Brian Johnson, uh, sadly, turned out that the shed was where he kept his insulin shots. He didn't even make it back to the mothership. We had tons of it. Seems as he had been hoping, you know, hopping out of the house every night, get his shots, not to scare his family. You know, to keep their minds off of the fact that he still needed his insulin. He didn't even know he had only one bottle left. And it seemed that I may have shot it. Somehow he got broken. But I learned that's how things went when you went out. Uh, you save them or you don't. Uh, didn't we? We started taking a week's supply of insulin with us after that. Also thought it would be a good idea, uh, but anyways, you know, without diabetes, without anything like that, you just got used to death. You got used to. You got used to it, you know? Used to people 
dying so other people could live. It's just all a matter of the rest of that bullshit. It was just part of the job. It was part of getting people back to the mothership, the main convoy. At least that's how Tom put it to me. I still felt bad when people died. I felt they deserved to live. I mean, it was bullshit, literally what he was telling me, but yeah, it was something nice to keep in mind to make people's deaths a little bit easier. Because trust me, it really wears on you. It wears bad. <laughs> uh, Beth and I would sleep in the van. We still, we were still the only ones in the back most of the time. Uh, when I was, you know, back from, you know, on the mothership, uh, when we would camp for the night, sometimes Halipi and Shana, I think that's how you pronounce their names, Halipi, I cannot remember. They were a nice little Indian couple, you know not Native American, but literally from India. Um, I had the hardest time understanding at first, but I mean, as time went on, I understood him pretty good. <laughs> and it turns out he was a doctor and she was a nurse, but didn't work together before all this. And the reasons being is they would fight. He had his own office, and, you know, he was like a family doctor, uh, and she worked in the hospital. I think what really got weird, Beth would sometimes act so weird about me at times, you know, like, at night she would just hug up to me, and then when, when I would you know, head out with the team, she would freak out and act like I was going to die. And I would have to promise her I would make it back. Yeah, so I knew somewhat that her behavior was because we were friends. I was just hoping it wasn't anything else. Because I, I really... I, couldn't, I didn't know how to handle it if it was, a, was something else. And... Well, surely enough, it was, but I didn't find out until a little bit later, and there was a little, little bit there that I'll get into later, because, you know, I was, am, still dedicated to Sandy. Uh, uh, that's, that's all for now. I need some sleep. Seriously, I mean, I'm still feeling sick. Probably sound real clogged. So I'll um, see you tomorrow.